welcome to the second edition of the Martinez Marcelo podcast presented to you by the Stony Brook Press. I am Daniel Marcelo with my good friend Wilco Martinez. How's it going today? So going pretty good. You know, the weekend was pretty nice as well. So I'm all thankful and ready to get started yeah. with this. This time last week, we had some uh, Arctic temperatures and we're just coming off a nice day yesterday. Pretty nice day today, but looks like we're going to dip back into the cold weather but we got a lot to get to today we're going to we talk do. about obviously the super bowl uh we're going to talk about the porzingis trade that happened to break the day after we finished our podcast on uh last wednesday, wednesday. so anthony davis and if we got time maybe we'll talk about the mlb but super bowl let's talk about that a huge de- defensive game you know patriots get their sixth super bowl your initial thoughts on uh on the game well um my initial thoughts, the game wasn't too enjoyable from my perspective, but it wasn't boring like what everyone said. I do think there were a lot of good defensive moments, but to say that the entire game, you know, um, was a defensive masterpiece or whatnot, I think that's overstating it a bit. Um, there was a lot of sloppy offensive play, I felt like, in addition to the good defensive moments. Um, Jared Goff, I think he was a disappointment, a big one. Um, seemed very flustered, very rattled by what the Patriots threw at him. Yeah, it, it's that that Patriots defense. You know, that's what Belichick was known for when he first came up through the ranks. But really, it was just, you know, you had the the Rams Chiefs game from that Monday Night Football game where they scored the, you know, uh, record breaking amount of points, and you thought maybe this is what the type of game we were going to get because, you know, yeah. the NFL is trying to move towards a league where it's all about scoring. But this was really a classic defensive-driven game. And for the quarterbacks, it was really of who was going to make the least amount of mistakes and who was going to take advantage of their little amount of opportunities that they had. And that's exactly what Tom Brady did. And it seemed like he just, you know, he, they had a little bit more weapons on offense because it's hard to keep Rob Gronkowski quiet the whole game. And you saw he broke out for that long um, reception that led to their only touchdown. And Julian Edelman had a fantastic game as well. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at Tom Brady's game, he had an okay game. But he wasn't massively impressive or anything like that. Or even when you put it up against previous Super Bowl performances of his, it's not like he had an amazing game. But he just made less mistakes than Guff, than Guff uh, did. So... I mean, I think now that we have to look forward to next season, um, you think that the Patriots are going to repeat? or Every every year, everyone's trying to say that, um, you know, the dynasty's over or Brady's too old. But as you can see that, as long as they have a good defense and as long as they don't let Brady get hit too much, they're going to have a chance to win no matter who they're playing. And the craziest part about the Super Bowl was this was the most amount of points that the Patriots ever won a Super Bowl game by. Ten points was the most. I think before that, the most they ever won was by eight, mm-hmm. which is crazy because it's ironic because this isn't. This didn't seem like they were dominating the game. It, it just didn't. seemed. Well, their defense was dominating, but it didn't seem like they were, you know, th- that much better than the Rams. But, you know, it, I think. Uh, do you think the Sean Sean McVay sort of. You know, he had this glow, this, you know, this, I want to say godlike, but this persona that you, you think uh, he was the next best thing in the NFL. You think that's sort of coming back to earth now? 
I think it's a little bit of both. Um, we can't just say, we can't discredit everything that he's done over the past, um, what was it, like six months or something like yeah. that. But at the same time, you can't be treating him like he's God's gift to football anymore. Once he, you know, you know in the biggest game of the season, he didn't live up to yeah. what had been said about him, both, um, you know, in the media and I guess by the players as well to a certain extent. But I think you need a bit of moderation when it comes to debates like this. Obviously, it's only been, what, uh, four days since the Super yeah. Bowl? Three, four days. So it's going to take a little while until we can really, um, you know, place a proper opinion on what he's all about. And, of course, we have to look forward to next season, too, and how the Rams bounce back. I, I think they're going to bounce back. I definitely don't think this is the only time that Goff and McVay are going to be uh, in a Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs like this. Both are young. And there's definitely plenty of years against them. I just think that was, you know, this was either the type of game where the Young Bucks come in, finally knock down the Giants, the mm-hmm. Goliath, who has been, you know, taking control of the football scene over the last decade, two decades, really. But it just wasn't, it just wasn't their time. And honestly, I don't think, I think you got to go into next season saying Patriots are the favorite to win again. As long as Tom Brady's healthy, as long as Bill Belichick is a coach of this team, you know, they, they're going to be a contender, especially because the AFC East is not a very good division. Right. And um, like you said, I agree that it's not the last time we'll see um, Jared Goff at a Super Bowl. But do you think it's the last time that we see the likes of Gronk at a Super Bowl? I think Gronk's going to play next season. Um, I don't. I just think it's hard to leave. He's at the top of his game. Um, I know he he can easily go and do whatever he wants in life, but I think he's got to he's going to continue to play even though he's been talking about it. Yeah, I think he'll stay. Um, we've heard this for the past one two years. Um, you know, if he'll go into acting, uh, into the WWE even, but I think that he'll stay and he'll play at least one more season. <clears throat> and even uh, one of the best defensive players in the league, Devin McCourty. Him and his brother Jason, the first pair of brothers to ever win a Super Bowl together. Mm. Just wanted to case shout out Nyack. Both of both both of them are from Nyack. Um, but Devin McCourty was also saying that if they win the Super Bowl together, he has nothing else to accomplish in the league. And this is a guy who could probably be a Hall of Famer if he keeps playing another four or five more years. Do you think he's a guy that's going to retire, or you think he's going to come back and play again? I think uh, I actually think he's gonna retire. Um, it's like he said. I mean, he got what he wanted. Like, there's no motivation that yeah. can top that. So, once you win a Super Bowl and you win it with your brother, of all things, and that's yeah. kind of like the last career goal that you're really aiming for. I think it's gonna be really hard yeah. for him to come back next season and be as motivated or be on top of his game. <clears throat> yeah, I, he'll he'll definitely uh, if he if he's gonna play, I think he's gonna be all in. I think Jason, I don't know if he's gonna retire because he's gonna. I think he's the older one out of the two. Mm-hmm. But you know, both both of the McCourties, you know, I've, I I don't know them personally, but I've met them once and I've seen all the camps they do in my hometown. You know, they're both very smart guys. They both have a plan of what they're doing. Even they said pretty much immediately that they don't plan to go to the White House. Uh, they don't plan to visit it um, with the Patriots as they did um, a couple seasons ago when uh, they won when Trump was first in the White House. But personally, I'd like to see Devin keep playing because I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer as long as he keeps playing because the talent's there. It's just a matter of is he going to get the years to get there. Mm. <clears throat> 
Let's uh, let's talk about what I've been really waiting to talk about is the Knicks trading Chris Stapps Porzingis. Again, Super Bowl was great, but, you know, I have a story about how this whole thing broke down with me. All right. Um, but first of all, your reactions to the cluster of news that we got last Thursday. Because last thir- Thursday I was really animated about talking about this trade, but now that I've had a week to let it settle in, let me hear what you've uh, thought about. All right. Um, well, last Thursday, I was uh, actually in class when the initial report came out that Porzingis had, you know, met with New York management and that it was possible that he could get traded. But I mean, we'd heard that before in the last few months, so I wasn't like overly concerned or anything like that or reading too much into it. And then about 30, 40 minutes later, the news broke that a deal with Dallas was yeah. practically guaranteed. Um, Porzingis for, as we know now, Dennis Smith Jr., um, Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think that's it. Like a, yeah. a and, draft uh, pick. Knicks got two picks out of it. But, yeah, again, excuse me. If, I apologize for that one. But uh, just like you, I was, I was in class and <clears> – <throat> I got the I got a notification. I, I want to say I have a picture on my phone right now, but I want to say I got a notification about uh, Porzingis coming out of the meeting. I'm, I'm healthy. I have it up right now. Mm-hmm. So at three o'clock, I got my class started at two fifty, and I was in the same room till I want to say five twenty. So this um, this is going on. Class just starts. I get a notification that says Knicks feel KP wants a trade. So immediately, I have some friends from uh, the club baseball who are basketball fans, and one of them's a Nets fan. So he puts it in our group chat, sort of just troll me a little bit by saying, "I don't think he's going anywhere. This right. is this has happened before." And then I get another notification at three twenty-one, so twenty-one minutes later, that says at least five teams are pursuing KD, and this, these are all Bleacher Report notifications. Yeah, none of these teams are. The Mavericks. I have the Nets, the Clippers, the Heat, the Spurs, and the Raptors are the really the top five teams. And then at three forty three, I get the notification breaking Porzingis to the Mavs. Yep. So at this point, I'm going insane. I am so surprised. I've never seen any any baseball trade, whether it's a trade deadline or not or any sport, a trade happen this quickly. So during the 13 minutes between I get the next notification of finding out who's in the trade, mm-hmm. I'm, I call one of my friends. I'm like, do you see what happened? I'm like, what's going on? Because I use that 10-minute break between the 3.50 and the 4 o'clock class. Right. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Then I find out, like, all right. So First of all, I said they better get Doncic if they're trading Porzingis, but I knew that wasn't happening. So I was like, all right. I, I'm like I'm thinking Dennis Smith, and then I get the notification. It says you know the package that they got, and you know, and this is one of those trades you don't know how to think, because you're just hearing you know you haven't heard the story that we've heard over the last over the last uh, couple days about how Porzingis was unhappy, that he wasn't really quote trusting the process, you know, but you know I was a little furious when I found out that Porzingis said he didn't trust the Knicks. Or he didn't want to be part of the Knicks process. You know, what what do you I don't even what do you think about Porzingis sort of just wanting to do his own thing right now? Look, I think it's hard to tell until we know the full story, which I think is gonna come out in due time. I'm not sure it's gonna come out before the end of the season, but I think it's gonna come out before the draft. Um I can see both sides of the of the story. I think the Knicks right now, 
I mean, obviously, if you're KP, you look at the past 15, 20 years, and yeah, there's obviously going to be room for concern there. But if you look at the future of New York, I think they were in a very good place. Yeah, I um, think so too. You know, likely to get the first pick or at least the top three pick, you would think. Yeah. Um, contenders to get either Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. Maybe even if you don't get KD, you still get a big name yeah. in Kemba Walker or Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So I think that um, I think there's definitely something else that we don't know about. But for Porzingis to say right now that he um, is concerned about the future of the franchise, I'm not sure that's fair. Well, for, first of all, the tr- for this trade, you can't say that anyone won or lost this trade yet because you don't know who's going to win this trade unless the, if the Knicks don't get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, they did not win this trade. Yeah, I think they lost opinion. for sure. They that's the only reason they made this trade because they've because you know all these players talk to each other, right? So the Knicks, the front office maybe knows something that the other other people and the you know the fans and the writers may not know. Excuse me. Secondly, I don't know who what Kristaps Porzingis think he's done in the NBA. He hasn't done anything. He yes, he wanted he made it to an All Star All Star game. Yes, he had a breakout season last year before he blew out his knee, but the Knicks have never had a winning record with Porzingis. He still, we don't know if he's coming back the same from injury, mm. and it's just mind-boggling. Like you look at Joel Embiid he, again; it wasn't his choice to you know get injured multiple times, but he wanted to be there. And now look at how good the Seventy Sixers are. You know, it's. And I, I think, uh, you know, to borrow something that Boomer Esiason said on his uh, the morning show with Gio, he said, you know, his brother, uh, I think it's Jan- Giannis. Giannis, whatever his name is, was a pain in the ass. And that's exactly, you know, he put all these stuff into Porzingis' head that, you know, everything had to be his way. And I just don't like the fact that he was able to get all this pull all this weight behind all these things that he wanted to do and it definitely developed from being around Carmelo Anthony as well and uh just to touch on two things that you said first with his brother I think you know it hasn't been reported by any type of major media outlet yet but I do think that what you're saying is completely right you look at Porzingis's um, initial press conference with the Mavs and Rick Carlisle is thanking Thanks his brother and saying that he's already part of the team, yeah. essentially. Because they, they want they want him to stay in Dallas. Exactly. And then it's what you said. Um, it is too early to tell who won or lost the trade. I think it's going to be way too early to tell until a free agency this summer because Porzingis isn't going to play until next yeah. season. So we don't and know how he's going to come back. But you're not trading Porzingis regardless of how unhappy he may be. Or, you know, he yeah. even threatened to leave the country and continue rehabbing in Spain with his old team. Yeah. But you're not trading him a potential yeah. franchise cornerstone for the next yeah. decade for Dennis Smith Jr. Because, yeah. I mean, DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews, they're both on expiring contracts. And they might even be traded within the next 24 to 36 hours. Exactly. So you're not doing all that for Dennis Smith, which means that either the Knicks know something that Kevin Durant, which is, I'm assuming he's the name that they're really gunning for, or that's who they should be gunning for. They know something about his future status with the Warriors and that he's Mm going to sign with the Knicks. Or otherwise, I don't understand anything. Yeah. Initially, I look at the trade and I say, yeah, all right, you got rid of a ton of salary. 
you know, you got rid of guys who were going to help you win because you, you remember they're still trying to lose so they can stay in that worst three to get Zion or at least Jay Morant or uh, RJ Barrett. But the fact that Porz- if Porzingis doesn't want to be here, fine. You trade him because that only hurts you when other guys like Kevin Durant, they talk to Porzingis and say, how do you like being here? He says, eh, I'm not too sure. Mm. All right, that drives him away. Now you say, he's out of the picture. We have this much money for you. We have Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson, Nilakina, Dennis Smith is still going to be under the contract. You know, we have young guys, and we'll try to get some more veterans around you guys. Um, but in terms of Dennis Smith Jr., this is really going to be, I think, this whole rest of the season is going to be a tryout for him. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're going to deal him if they don't think he's going to be part of that yeah. future next season. And I wouldn't be surprised if... I wouldn't be surprised. I think uh, Jordan and Matthews are going to be traded for the next I think, 36 hours. I think Matthews is going to be traded or waived. Or, I mean, if he's not traded, he's going to be waived and he'll be, you know, a candidate for the yeah. playoffs. But I think Matthews is definitely gone. And we I've heard, you know, Golden State, Toronto, oh, Philly are interested oh, in him. God. And they could all use him for sure. As for DeAndre Jordan, um, I think he's not as good as he was a couple seasons ago, but he can still bring something to the team. And if it was up to me, I would trade him within the next twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah, but tra- trade deadlines. I want to say about an five p.m. tomorrow. Five p.m. So yeah, we're about twenty four hours. Actually. Yeah. So um, but there's also rumors that the Knicks are looking to hold on to DeAndre Jordan because he's one of KD's closest <clears throat> friends in yeah. the NBA. Which would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's still a serviceable center. I, I personally would love to have DeAndre Jordan on my team. I just think the price he's at now is not a price the Knicks want to sign him at. I think he's probably over the $20 million mark right now, I want to say, or maybe close uh, to that. Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'll have to look that up right now real quick. But DeAndre Jordan, <clears throat> very comparable to Mitchell Robinson. Shot blocker, but not much other, other stuff he can do. Really, mm-hmm. his only offense is dunking the ball. They're both shooting... Over 65% from the field, I think. Um, but <clears throat> I think the Knicks could definitely use him because remember how good the Knicks were when Tyson Chandler was on the roof. Yeah. So, uh, personally, I would keep him. And I don't know about Matthews. I think I would just try to either trade yeah, him or buy so. him out after this. Because it doesn't seem like Matthews would want to stay in New York, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I think he's gone within the next, you know, if not 24 hours, within the next month. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, personally, personally, I let me see. I think I got uh, his numbers here. Uh, You're going on what? Like real GM? I uh, want a basketball reference. I'm usually good with that. Let's see. 22 million this year. Yeah, so. 22.9. So. Yeah, you're not looking. It's a lot to, of money. It's that. a lot of money. <clears throat> and particularly when you're going to try to get, you know, a couple free agents to sign this summer. So you need to be very um, smart about the money that you're going to spend, obviously. I'd, I'd sign him maybe $12 million. That, That's reasonable. I think that's fair. I, I think he wants, you know, about 18 or 19 Yeah. But I think if KD comes, I think he definitely would take that pay cut. And I would love to see Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan run that pick and roll. That would be beautiful. You know, but let's say that the Knicks, they don't get the number one pick, but let's say they get, you know, the third pick. And it turns out that they don't get KD, but they get Kyrie Irving. And then you go into next season and you have Kyrie, Cam Reddish, let's say. And let's say you get someone else like Jimmy Butler. Do you think that the Knicks will have won the trade or is it KD or bust? 
I think it's got to be Katie or Bust. Now, the t- the trade can be a tie or, you know, sort of even trade. Mm. If you get Kyrie Irving and, say, a Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, another, you know, all-star, you know, top 10, top 15 NBA player. But I think it's got to be Katie or Bust, and then you work down from there. Because remember, the Knicks tried to do the same thing when LeBron, Wade, Bosh, all yep. those guys were free agents. They didn't get any of them. They ended up throwing a ton of money at Amari Stoudemire. He had an amazing first year, but then he was nowhere near the same once they got Carmelo. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's got to be Kevin Durant or Bust. He's he's arguably the best player in the NBA, and he can carry your franchise he can. and change the dynamic of the New York Knicks. And uh, <clears throat> you want to touch on Dallas for a second? Yeah, let's, let's talk about Dallas because they're not getting – too much attention in all this. So, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is that you're pairing up Doncic and Porzingis, who are the two best European, European talents in the world, I would say, not just the NBA. Yep. But, um, obviously, we need to wait to see how Porzingis will come back. But if he comes back close to how he was prior to the injury, then that's two guys who, you know, you have your franchise yep. set up for the next 10, mm. 15 years. Yep. Yeah, the thing, the thing with Porzingis, though, is guys his height, and I'm talking like 7'2 and above, mm-hmm. don't necessarily stay healthy the whole career. Yeah. <clears throat> Yao Ming, perfect example. Uh, you know, Sean Bradley, you know, was supposed to be an amazing player. He, he wasn't even good. And he, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, on the court that much. So with Porzingis, you know, especially with a knee injury that young, you got to be really, really cautious with him as you bring him back. You can't just have him play 35 minutes a night Yeah. when he first starts playing basketball again. <clears throat> um, but I think Dallas has a bright future, like you said, but I think they're going to need to they're going to need to get a lot of pieces around them quickly because yeah. Porzingis may not sign long term with them. He may want to take a chance at free agency. Which, which I would be surprised by coming off his injury yeah. um, out for over a year at that point, it would be for him to go into free agency and risk not getting the max, which Dallas, they're already prepared to offer him the max <clears throat> as soon as he hits restricted free agency next season. And, But I would say the best thing that could happen to the Knicks is that Porzingis walks, Dallas becomes either mediocre or really bad, and they end up losing Doncic too before 2020 or 2021. And both of those first-round picks are unprotected. Mm -hmm. So they could end up turning it into a really good player. The Knicks have seven first-round picks in the next five years. Yeah. So that could be another enticing thing that you say to Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or any free agent that you're trying to bring in. But let's get off this trade. You know, we've had our – we said enough, enough about this. And uh, <clears throat> you want to talk about the Tobias yes. Harris trade? Which Broke it. I didn't even I didn't even know what happened till like twelve in the morning. afternoon when I looked at my notifications. Yeah, I saw it this morning when I woke up for uh, my nine a.m. I want to say I don't even remember which classes I'm in, but yeah. So the Sixers who traded Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, um, Landry Shamit, a twenty twenty pick, which is protected, I believe. And then a 2021 Miami first-round pick, which is unprotected. That could be a very good pick. Which could be a very good pick. Um, It's rumored (laughs) that 2021 might be the year that the NBA once again abolishes the age limit for the NBA draft. So high schoolers may be eligible once again. 
And they traded all that for Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. Your thoughts on this trade? Uh, I I am in love with this trade. I think Tobias Harris fits that whole team perfectly. Uh, You got another guy who's a stretch player. You know, he can play either forward position. And he's shown in Los Angeles that he can be a number one scorer, but he can also play... You know, a team style offense like the like they play with Gallinari out there too, who's also having a good season. But I think it fits in very well there. The guy's a good defender. Now you have a pretty dangerous lineup of Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, uh, Tobias Harris, <clears throat> uh, Joel Embiid, and um, I'm missing one more guy in there. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a pretty good lineup. And really, you're just swapping out Wilson Chandler for. Tobias Harris in that starting yeah. lineup. Which yeah. is a big upgrade. Yeah, and Boban's a very useful guy off the bench. And I don't know how many minutes Mike Scott's playing, but he's uh, he's, he's pretty good. a useful um, offensive player, too. I haven't seen him much this season just because I haven't been able to watch the Clippers all that much. But when he played for Washington last year, he was pretty impressive off the bench, I would say. Yeah, I remember with the Hawks, he used to torch the Knicks. Yeah, he, yeah but he's... Uh, He's been playing off the bench this year. He's only again getting 15 minutes, but he's shooting just under 40% from three, which is really where a lot of his game comes from. But I don't know how many minutes he'll get with them, but I think Tobias Harris is definitely – you have four quality all-star players, plus J.J. Redick, who's a shooter and savvy veteran. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, was, I like this trade because some team in the East was going to have to say, all right, we have to go all in now. LeBron's been representing the East for the last eight years. Yep. Now he's in the West Coast. Now we have to take our chance. And they put all their eggs in this year's basket. And I think it's the smartest thing for them to do. Yeah, I think so too. Um, not only that, but they do have uh, cap space yep. at the end of the year to re-sign both of them to max contracts, which mm-hmm. I think they'll do with Tobias for sure. I'm not sure about Jimmy Butler just yet if he will stay. Yeah, but that's, that's a tough. That's a tough. I'm situation. thinking he will right now, but I think that's gonna be a bit more difficult. But as you said, you know, you have a lineup with four all stars, or basically all stars, because Tobias wasn't picked this year, uh, and JJ Redick. The biggest concern is just off the bench now. I mean, you're adding Mike Scott and Boban, who they're good players, but you've just uh, sent away Mike Muscala, who was you know your backup four and backup five at times. Landry Shamit, who was having a really impressive rookie I like, season. I, I like Shamit. He's a, I like he's him, a nice, yeah. He's a nice little player. He's player. a little, you know, J.J. Redick light type of player. I think he's been developing really well, um, despite, you know, already being 22-23. But now you're looking at the Sixers bench, and correct me if I'm wrong, because my computer broke, so I'm not able to look it up. But they only have um, Boban, Mike Scott, Jonah Bolden, and Furkan Korkmaz as their they, four bench players that have, are healthy. Is McConnell? Oh, oh and TJ McConnell. <clears throat> let's see. We got... You said... Uh, uh, let's see. They trade all these. Fultz is still not Fultz healthy. Fultz is injured for yeah, the Mascala's foreseeable future. Gone, McConnell's healthy. Shamit's gone. Corey Brewer. But I think he uh, <clears throat> I think he got waived. Not waived, but his second 10-day contract ended or something like that. They give, they give this man. They had to give this man. A, I think. Well, they had. They they should definitely. Re-sign they should. I think. That, oh, Amir um, Johnson too. Amir Johnson, but he hasn't been playing at all. I think so. Yeah. They might try to um, 
you know, trade him by tomorrow with some sort of deal to get a bit more cap space, something like that. Yeah, well, the Clippers are looking to uh, get a lot of cap space open, too, because that's why they traded Harris in the first place. Yep. And they're going to probably look to trade Gallinari because they, they're going to be in the KD sweepstakes, too. Yeah. But unlike the Knicks, they still have to create that cap space to get Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think that looking forward to tomorrow, the Clippers are going to be active. Um, like you said, Gallinari is one of them. But then there's also guys who are interesting for playoff teams like Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, who could potentially... I thought there was someone That's at the a, door. That's someone was breaking in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lou Williams or Patrick Beverly, who could be good assets to a playoff team. I would personally love to see Beverly on the Sixers, actually. But, I mean, that seems very unlikely now. But the one position that the Sixers still really need um, to strengthen, I would say, is that um, guard defender. Because Ben Simmons is going to play the point guard no matter what. But yeah, he's but not going to be able to guard guarding, everyone. He's usually yeah. guarding like a four. or He's usually guarding a big guy. On a, so so um, I think the Sixers drafted Zaire Smith with the hope that he would become that guy next to Ben Simmons at the two. And then he would guard ones. But he broke his foot and then he almost died because of an allergic reaction or something along those lines. So and they traded Robert Covington. So now they're really looking to get that one guard defender. I would think uh, I'd by love, tomorrow. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Beverly on the Sixers. That <clears throat> excuse me. I'd love to see him on the Sixers. I'd love to see him just playoff basketball for him. I'd love to see him in. And the crazy thing is, the Clippers I think are still an eight seed right now. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> but they they're just not going to go for it, which is smart because they might have to run into the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I think they're smart to see that they're not going to win that series, so they're going to trade their assets, try to get some draft picks, try to clear space. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Balmer, the owner of the Clippers, he has a lot of money to spend. He's not afraid to spend it. Um, so I. I think uh, I think this is they're going in the right direction, um, but like you said, I'd lo- I'd love to see Beverly play on uh, on a playoff team again. Plus, it's not like the Clippers need to be in the playoffs this season. I think that everyone who's going to be a free agent, they've already seen enough from the Clippers to be impressed by them potentially yeah. for this summer. Plus, like you said, um, if the Clippers don't make the playoffs, which I think is unlikely now. They would be keeping uh, their first round pick this year, their lottery pick, mm-hmm. which I think if they made the playoffs would actually go to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So now you're looking, you know, at a top 14 pick once again, tons of cap space, an owner who is very wealthy and very willing to spend money. So it's definitely going to be a top free agent destination yeah. for the summer. And you know, I think they're probably going to be more in the Kawhi Leonard. Uh, camp than KD because um, Kawhi Leonard he's not going to want to go to the Knicks I think his mm-hmm. camp wants to go if they're going to go to a New York team go to Brooklyn go to the Clippers because you know Kawhi is not really too much about the glitz and the glamour yep. of everything of guys that you know LeBron or KD may want to go for but you know I think it was a very important that the Clippers made this trade there's still five games over 500 um, Doc Rivers has been doing a great job with that team. Lawrence Frank as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they still uh, if there's still some more people they want to trade. Because like you said, Beverly, 
They said Lou Williams could be uh, put in a deal, and uh, you know, and Gallinari as well. And Gallinari's been having a great season as well. But let's talk about the other Los Angeles team. Let's. A lot of, a lot of, it's been sort of turning into a reality show. Which, if you looked at the roster that they brought in <sighs> over the off season, that was the NBA meme team, and they're starting to live up to their name. They are. And if you saw last night. I think four or five guys, which most of them were involved in the Anthony Davis trade, were not were left about two or three seats separate from LeBron. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, I mean, I read a quote from, from Rondo earlier today, and he said that even if no one gets traded by tomorrow, it's hard to not look at everything, at everything that's been happening over the past five, seven days and just go back to work like nothing happened. And I think that we saw that yesterday, not just in that picture that you they, mentioned. They got murdered. But also pieces. in the result, exactly. Jesus. Because let's say that let's say that I'm coming here to do this podcast right now and I know that I'm gonna get replaced tomorrow or that I'm gonna, you know, get expelled from Stony Brook or something. I'm not gonna come in with any motivation to do a decent job. Yep. I'm just gonna come in and like do whatever. So that's what we're seeing from the Lakers right now. Who, by the way, I'm gonna predict this right now, will not be getting Anthony Davis by tomorrow. I don't think I don't think they get them either. I don't I don't I don't remember exactly what the Pelicans wanted in return. I think they wanted two more first round picks. Yeah, they wanted four picks. total first picks, first round picks. Which, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, go for it. If you're yeah. the Pelicans, you don't have anything to lose. All right, we'll keep Anthony Davis. No one gets him. That's fine. You know, but we want to get exactly what we want, which I wish sort of the Knicks would have done with Porzingis. But, you know, this puts Luke Walton in a bad position. I think, mm-hmm. personally, Luke Walton is a good basketball coach. But, you know, it's crazy that the last two seasons, the last two teams LeBron has been on, half the team is either going to get traded or does get traded, which I hate to bring up the whole LeBron and Michael Jordan argument, but Michael Jordan tried to win with what he had. He didn't try to play general manager, coach, and play at the same time. He he said, I'm going to just win with what I have. And if I have to score 65 points in a game to get a victory, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see that these guys are turning on LeBron like this, especially Rondo. You know, uh, I, I don't know who the exact five were. I know I think Ingram was in that mix. He was. I want to say Kuzma was sitting there too. But, and um, I think this is all reflecting. I'm a big LeBron guy, but this is all reflecting very poorly on him. Before the start of the season, he said that he was willing to, you know, see this almost as a transitional year and try to elevate uh, the young talents around him. But now we're in February and he's already lost his patience, it would seem. And obviously there's going to be people who say, oh, you know, LeBron has nothing to do with this. It's all Magic Johnson or whatever. But you look at who represents LeBron, you look at his agent, Rich Paul, who also represents Anthony Davis, who also, um, you know, they're they're all very deeply involved, it would seem, in this trade. So LeBron clearly knows what's going on and what's at stake here. Um, I feel bad for the Lakers' young core. I think they've done their best this season, which might not be good enough, but you look at the Lakers, and they were one of the worst teams in the NBA last year. So... I just think LeBron stunted their growth. You know, Ingram is not is not starting because, you know, really LeBron's in the spot. You know, Lonzo hasn't grown. I think Kuzma did a lot of growing last year, but it kind of got slowed down this year. 
and let's be real here. LeBron's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. He's in his 15th year in the league. He led the league in minutes the last two seasons, and he played 82 games last year. He's not getting any younger. As much as he takes care of his body, it is going to break down. He's already He already had a major injury that kept him out for, I think it was 19 games. Yep. His body is breaking down on him, and I don't blame the Lakers for saying, all right, we're going to trade half our team because we know LeBron's getting older, and he can't carry a team like the way he did even two years ago. Yeah. So I don't blame them, but at the same time, I hate to say, but I think the Lakers might have been better off just not signing LeBron James. I think so, too. And, I mean, it sounds like a very weird thing to say because we're talking about arguably the best player of all time or at least the top two, top three player of all time. And right now, for me, the best player in the NBA. But the Lakers, what they're doing right now, I mean, they're going to trade essentially half their roster to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill, I guess, would be the other piece in the in the deal. How is, how is two guys going to replace six guys? Six guys. And not only that, but let's say that the trade doesn't work out. And let's remember, let's not forget that Anthony Davis, um, even if he gets traded to L.A., if everything goes to shit, he doesn't have to stay there beyond like next season. Yeah, next season yeah. So you're going to trade six guys, four first-round picks, which basically handicaps your entire future for the next three four years if, if this doesn't work out so you're basically sacrificing everything that you've worked for in the past three years because ingram was drafted three years ago i yeah. think plus the next three four years as well just to get anthony davis next to lebron which okay like if they get it then yeah potentially they can be one of the best teams in the league but how are you going to replace your starting point guard um, you're starting shooting guard. You're starting power forward because I guess LeBron plays the three technically, and then a bunch of bench players. Well, you're not gonna replace these guys, and honestly, I think where the Lakers sort of mess up too is that when they sign Beasley, they sign Rondo, they sign Stevenson, they sign sort of B to C level free agents. But they didn't try to sort of sign, you know, an A minus or an A free agent, mm. which in turn you have this NBA meme team, and now you don't have a second score that LeBron can go to. And let's be honest here: no team wins championships with only really one guy carrying them. Yep. You look at LeBron's teams with the Heat; he had uh, Bosh and Wade. You look at him with the Cavs; he had Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. You look at him; you look at Michael Jordan. At least he had Scottie Pippen. You know, Dennis Rodman wasn't a scorer, but he was still a big part of what they big did. Big part of what they did defensively and with his rebounding. So, and LeBron doesn't really have that. You know, they they're banking that Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Ingram are going to be those guys, but they still have a, co- a lot more developing to do. And really, Kuzma's the closest thing that he has to you know a quality number two scorer right now. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um... Before we talk a little MLB, let's just give off some predictions for tomorrow's trade deadline. Um, Right now, I'm seeing that the Miami Heat have traded Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington Hmm. to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm not sure for what. I don't think it's been revealed yet. Oh, for Ryan Anderson. 
which I mean, this is a deal. I don't think it really matters in the greater spectrum of things. Ellington's probably gonna get bought out, and I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Lakers because he's a good sh- three-point shooter. But I'm gonna give one really bold prediction. All right. And I'm gonna do it just because something I think it's possibly gonna happen, but it's I would say 25% chance this happens. Okay. Anthony Davis is traded to the Boston Celtics. For who? For Jason Tatum. I'm going to say Jalen Brown. Okay. And two first-round picks. That's All it. All right. Because the difference between the, what the Lakers are offering and what this trade offers is that none of those players in that trade have a chance to be All-NBA, mm-hmm. 10-time All-Stars, and possibly Hall of Famers. You have that in Jason Tatum. And you have it in, if you're the Celtics, you're saying what the 76ers said to yourself, to themselves, and said, we need to go all in right now. We just saw the Sixers did it. We need to go all in because LeBron's not here anymore. Yeah, um, I don't think AD will be traded tomorrow. But I do think that if he gets traded, I don't know why, but I think Toronto is going to be heavily involved. I like that. And I think they can throw in Kyle Lowry. Pascal Siakam. I would definitely put Ibaka in the trade. Ibaka, probably. And OG Ananobi. I think that if you throw in those four names, New Orleans would be willing to take on um, that deal. No, that's, that's definitely respectful. And um, another prediction, I think the Grizzlies are going to trade Mike Conley and Marc Gasol by tomorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If I think Conley's going to go to Utah um, for Dante Exum and probably some other role player. Gasol, I'm not sure where he'll end up, actually. Charlotte has been a rumor. Um, I don't know what the Hornets really have that's enticing. Kemba Walker, but that, that guy's but, not going anywhere. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, we'll probably get back into some heavy NBA talk for next yeah, week. Definitely. But uh, we're running short on time here, so let's do a couple MLB minutes. All right, let's just uh, let's, we'll talk about spring training starts and... About a week, I think a little less than a week now. I think it's uh five days or six. Five days. Um, you know, it's do quick. Do you think either Machado or Harper are going to be signed within the next five days? No, but um, what do you think about Harper to San Francisco? Which um, if they have, I, I, but San Francisco is in an interesting spot because they have guys like Bumgarner, they have Longoria, they have Posey, they have Belt, they have some talent on their roster. But at the same time, they, you know, had a disappointing season last year. So they really need to identify, are they going to try to overcome and take over what the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks have been doing? You know, are they is their team good enough to win that division? Because I, I think the two wildcard teams are going to come out of the Central. Are they going to be good enough to win in that division? And if not, you got to trade and try to build your farm system up. And you're just going to have to take a couple years of losing. But personally, I think I'm going to stick to my – I'm going to change something. I think Harper's going to San Diego now, and I think, but I still think Machado's going to go to Chicago. Um, the Yankees were back in the Harper mix today, earlier today, a couple minutes ago when I checked. Do you think there's any hope there? I don't think so. I know Aaron Judge was saying he would switch positions, yeah. but Aaron Judge is a high-quality defensive outfielder. He's got a cannon for an arm. And 
they already have a logjam of players in that outfield in general. So I think it's better off if they just sort of pass on Harper and sort of try to get another starting pitcher because I think they're bullpen set. But I think they should try to get Dallas Keuchel. That's, that should be the guy they go after. If not, go after Gio Gonzalez. But that's what I think they should do here. So we'll wrap this thing up. You want to you wanna be the Mariano Rivera today? Yeah, will do. Um, all right, so that's been it. Uh, we've gone exactly 45 minutes, it will look like. And, so. I'd, and, I, and I'd even set a timer. I didn't set a stopwatch. That was, that was, pure, that was pure luck right there. All right, so for me, for Daniel, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Um, until then, keep your eye on the ball.